Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Looking at the church this morning, we're going to look at some specific things the church prayed for. That's one of the um, things that the New Testament church has to do is pray. And let's get in our Bible, Acts chapter 1, and let's look at some specifics this morning. In Acts chapter 1, and in verse number 24, the Bible says, look what they prayed for. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. He may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas fell by transgression, fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias. He was numbered with the eleven apostles. Apostles. So they prayed specifically for a replacement for Judas. So this was a prayer of guidance. So the church should pray for guidance. We're certainly doing a lot of that now in the time that we're in. But we see guidance here is being prayed for. Now, casting lots was common among the Jews on important and difficult occasions. And it was natural that the apostles should resort to it in this. Uh, In 1 Chronicles 24, we see David divided the priests by lot. Uh, In Numbers 26 and Joshua 15 through 17, we see the land of Canaan was divided by law. Um, Jonathan, son of Saul, was detected as having violated his father's command and is bringing calamity on the Israelites by lot in 1 Samuel 14. And Achan was detected in Joshua 7 by lot. In these cases, the use of lot was regarded as a solemn appeal to God. I don't know what to do. (laughs) And for his direct interference in cases which they could not themselves decide. Now the, traditionally the church uses this verse to say, see, this is why we need to vote. This is why church voting needs to be in place because see, they, they drew lots. Well, Fine, whether you want to vote or not vote, whatever, do what you want to do, but it's a tough verse to go to because they didn't vote. (laughs) They just said, Lord, we don't know what to do. (laughs) Let's roll some dice. Let's pull some straws. Let's just cast a lot, meaning no one really had a say. No one could say, well, I want to vote for this guy. I want to to vote for Matthias. It was just a cast of a lot, meaning no one really had a say there's like you get to a point where lord i don't know what to do and apparently i don't know if they rolled dice they probably did this is funny to, or if they drew straws or if they just you know i'm sure there's a variety of ways to cast lots but proverbs 16 let's get that something else on it 
And in verse number 33, so we're at Proverbs 16, and it's verse number 33, and it says, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. So the choice of an apostle was an event of the same kind and was regarded as a solemn appeal to God for his direction and guidance in a case where the apostles could not determine. The manner in which this this was done was not certainly known. The common mode of casting lots was to write the names of the persons on pieces of stone, wood, etc., and put them in one urn, and the name of the office, the portion, etc., on others. These were then placed in an urn with other pieces of stone, etc., which were blank. The names were then drawn at random, and also the other pieces, as this determined the case. The casting of a lot is determined by laws of nature as regarding as anything else. There's properly no chance in it, We do not know how a die may turn up, but this does not imply that it will turn up without any regard to rule or at haphazard. We cannot trace the influences which may determine either this or that side to come up. Unless you got fixed dice, always running lucky seven, always rolling seven. But still, it is done by regular and proper laws. So apparently the Jews had regular and proper laws concerning Okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is how it's going to be done. And according to the circumstances of position, force, etc., in which it is cast. So, imagine having, you don't know who's going to preach, but you got two guys, and the church doesn't know who's going to be the pastor here. (laughs) Well, let's cast lots. This is what they did with Matthias. Apparently, they had... I mean, it, was, it wasn't one better than the other or were, one isn't good and the other one's good. I don't think it had anything to do with that. They're just in a situation where both look good. We need guidance, Lord. We need guidance. We're praying for guidance. All right, last uh, thing I have on notes on this. Still, although it does not imply any special or miraculous interposition of providence, though it may not be absolutely wrong, in cases which cannot otherwise be determined to use the lot. Yet, it does not follow that it is proper often to make this appeal. Almost all cases of doubt can be determined more satisfactorily in some other way than by lot. We don't see a pattern of this in the Bible. This was certainly a situation that was uh, outside of the norm, and so they needed some guidance. The habit of appealing to it endangers the love of hazards and games, leads to heart burnings, to jealousy, to envy, to strife, to dishonesty. Still less does the example of the apostles authorize games of hazards or lotteries, which are positively evil. So, The Bible's not saying to go out and play the lottery because they casted a lot. It'll be another verse that the world certainly knows. We can go to the lottery. We can gamble. We don't need to work. 
and attended with ruinous consequences apart from inquiry about the lawfulness of the law. They either originate in or promote covetousness, neglect of regular industry, envy, jealousy, disappointment, dissipation, bankruptcy, falsehood, and despair. What is gained by one is lost by another, and both the gain and the loss promote some of the worst passions of man. Boasting, triumph, self-confidence. On the one hand, an envy, disappointment, desire of revenge, remorse, and ruin on the other. God intended that man should live by sober toil. All departures from this great law of our social existence lead to ruin. So although they appealed and prayed for guidance on this matter, this isn't a verse to go to to say, you see, we can just play the lottery because they casted lots. Uh, let's get Acts chapter 4. I hope that added some spiritual things to chew on in your, in your toolbox. Things to grab. Acts chapter 4. Verse number 29. Acts 4, 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child, Jesus. What are they praying for in Acts 4 and verse number 29? And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. They're praying the church for boldness and for God to show his power. We should be praying for guidance. We should also be praying for boldness. Um, it, takes, it takes some boldness to go out and do public ministry for sure. It's not easy. It's not, um, it's not, uh, not, it's not necessarily hard, but it, it's not something you want to take lightly especially a, a bruise and blues festival yesterday, you want to ask God to give you boldness. You want to ask God to help you go through it. So that's Acts chapter 4. Uh, James chapter 5, they prayed for guidance. They prayed for boldness. The church also play, prayed. Um, well, let's read it. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. There's a time. Somebody's afflicted. Let him, he needs to be praying. And then there's other times. There's a season of merriment. Uh, that person's probably singing psalms. Now, verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So people here getting, what should the church pray for? Guidance. They should pray for boldness. But then also we should pray for those that are sick and those that are afflicted. We see here they brought in someone sick, elders of the church. What did they do? They prayed over him and they anointed him with oil in the name of the Lord. Perfectly scriptural and perfectly biblical. 
But there's also spiritual sickness that we want to, that the church should be praying for. Um, you, you, we, we, you typically in church environments, you hear on the prayer list or the prayer requests, uh, and, and we do this, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't or that any other church shouldn't. We have to pray for somebody's knee surgery. We have to pray for somebody's back surgery. We have to pray for little Johnny because he broke his arm. And these are all physical things that certainly need to be brought before the Lord. But we don't hear too many prayer requests for, um, Preacher, can you please put me on the prayer list? I'm struggling with bitterness. Preacher, can you please put me on the prayer list? I'm I'm, I'm struggling with cowardness and I need some boldness. Preacher, can you please put me on the prayer list because... And typically the spiritual things aren't brought before the church as much as the physical things. Now, I don't say that to make light of the physical things. But I do say that to bring light to the fact that we should seriously start considering spiritual matters as equal important to physical matters. No one likes it when they break their thumb. So they want prayer. But if you have a broken heart and you're lonely, you can still come to the church and ask for prayer for that. It isn't one at the exclusion of others. It's just pointing out that we tend to gravitate more toward, Lord, help my neck feel better so I can go to work. You know, we we are carnal minded, even though we are a spiritual people, aren't we? We all are. All right, so it's not one to exclude the other, it's both. Uh, let's get over to chapter 4. Let's see in verse number 3. Let's look at a few verses here and see how prayers are answered. How are prayers answered? James chapter 4. Uh, let's start at verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even in your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Now look at verse 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that it may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. It really is amazing to me how we can be at the the blues and brews event yesterday and appreciate Nathan helping for that and stepping out and and um, and Dale and when you engage with the public or you engage with people I don't understand why the first thing that comes out of their mouth is I'm a Christian I can't merge those two together it doesn't make sense to me you're almost better off just saying how's the weather <laughs> just something so out there because you have a brewer you have a whole section with different breweries all set up where you can just go and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. I'm not drinking that much. You're leaving every 10 minutes to go to the bathroom. 
And then you're re-entering in the area where you can drink some more, but you're not drunk. But you're a Christian. You're a friend of the world. And you're in an enmity with God. God's not for any of that. But I don't know how people can say, yeah, I'm a Christian. That's the first thing. But here's what people prayed. We'll get back on track here. God doesn't want us to be a friend of the world. He wants us to be friends with Him. But people are just praying what they want to fulfill the lusts of their own flesh. Lord, send me some money. Lord, send me... And we ought not pray that way. God, to bring it back to our first point, they prayed for guidance and they cast it a lot. God isn't a lottery man that's going to just rain down a bonus of a million dollars on you. God isn't the God of the vending machine world where you can come up to God, put your 50 cents in, turn the dial, and hold your hand out and get what you want. That's not the character of God. He wants us to come to him boldly to the throne of grace, ask him honestly from a pure heart for him to give us what's best for us. Give us guidance, Lord. Not guidance on whether I should go to hooligans or spankies on Friday night. Right? Both those places are hopping in downtown Cookville. And you should know by the name, it's not a good place to go. That's not what God's, God's saying. You're praying to fulfill the lust of your flesh. You're asking me things that just get out of here with that. Get out of here. If your child were to come to you with a request and a plead for two outlandish choices for you to choose, you and I both know, get that out of here. All right, you can come to God Come to him with a pure heart. Uh, <laughs> let's get First John and Romans 8. First John, Romans 8. And First John chapter 5. Verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. We don't always know what God's will is in specific matters. So He says, if we ask anything according to our will or His will, we want His will to be done. And if we have faith that our petition is aligned with the will of God, then we'll have it. 
If not, then just hopefully God just ignores the whole thing. We want our petition to honestly be lined up with God's will. We don't know exactly all the time what God's will is. Now, look at this when they cast lots. Two good men. Would they, be a, would they have been out of the will of God if Matthias wasn't chosen? If they just did it a different way and it was a good man? Probably not. But because they were, they just didn't know what they do. They cast Lot. Okay, Lot fell on Matthias. Boom, he got it. Why? Because they're seeking guidance from God because they don't know what God's will is. You get into a situation where sometimes it isn't, if I do A, I'm in God's will, and if I do B, I'm out of God's will. Now, if you're met with the choice of, okay, I do drugs with my friends, they're um, bad influences and peer pressure. Or I can just say thank you and go home. A teenager can do one or the other. Which one's God's will? Always obeying God's word will line you up with doing God's word, will. We know that's wrong. We know that's going to bring you under the addiction of devils and spirits and all that stuff. If he chose that, he'd be out of God's will. That would not be a choice God would will for him. You, no thanks, fellas. I'm a Christian. I don't engage in that activity. And he goes home. He's in God's will. Now, I'd say to really, the Christian's face with that, what's there to pray about? You know what God's will is. You know what God's word says. You know the principles. But sometimes you're faced with a situation where if you do A, you're in God's will. And if you do B, you're in God's will. Do I pass out tracks on Friday night? Or has it been a long week and I'm just going to sit down and, uh, and play some board games with my wife and kids? We tend to gravitate, oh, you'd be in God's will if you're handing tracks out. But sometimes you're in a situation where if you choose one or the other, both of them would put you in God's will. You're obeying what God has asked you to do. He's asked you to do quite a few things, by the way. Can you do them all at one time? No. <laughs> Does he expect you to do them all at one time? No. Should we witness? Yes. Now, if it's been a week where you've been having a grand time with the kids and the wife and everything... Well, great, go pass out some tracks. But if it's been a hard week on the wife, if it's been a long week at work, if it's been the kids are really just kind of fussing because they haven't seen dad, guess what you need to do Friday night? Stay home. You're not out of God's will. <laughs> both choices presented themselves, both opportunities. And what did you do? You can be in God's will or you can be in God's will. There, sometimes there isn't a right or wrong. That's why we have to be careful to look at the situation and really assess it without boxing it in. We all read books, right? I read books, you read books. And we have to be careful that we don't try to take the story in the book and insert it exactly into our life because it's not our life. It's an example that 
someone else is sharing that happened to them. But all the ins and outs of our lives, we have to bring before the Lord and He'll show us. He'll show us. Romans 8, we wanted to go to next. Romans 8. And let's see, verse 26. Likewise, Romans 8, 26, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Holy Spirit is like a good mother. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We don't know what to pray for, so we just throw something up and it's all messed up. And the Holy Spirit just kind of cleans the mess up, you know, kind of like your, your mom does sometimes for you. You know, you're supposed to clean up your room. You're supposed to clean up the kitchen. You're supposed to clean up after yourself. Uh, but sometimes, for whatever reason, mom just kind of helps you out and gets it done. And that's like us when we come to God. Sometimes we just mess the whole prayer up. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit living inside of us says, I'm going to help you out a little bit. I'm going to clean it up and bring it to the Father. And praise God for that. Praise God. Praying to God, asking Him for what you want, going to Him with a true heartfelt petition. He'll answer that prayer. Making sure our petition is aligned with God's will because we don't always know God's will in specific matters. And then the Holy Spirit helping us out as they go up. All three of these things promote unity and doctrine and prayer. And it's good, healthy church stuff. It's, it's the way to have a good, healthy church family. Everybody's praying. Everybody's praying. That's a good place to stop. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you very much. You showed us in your word a few examples this morning of specific things that were prayed for. And we thank you that we can look into your word, get some truth, help us to apply some of these things in our prayer life this week. In Christ's name, we ask this. Petition. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.